0: Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 61st episode of the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with the American country music band The Dixie Chicks, now known as The Chicks. They comprise multi instrumentalist sisters Marty and Emily Irwin, and lead singer Natalie Maines, who was a late arrival for this interview, which took place on their first visit to London. In 1999. You want to sort of introduce yourself and explain your role in the band, as it were. Sure.
1: I'm Marty,
2: and I play fiddle and mandolin and sing the high harmony. I'm Emily, and I play banjo, dobro, acoustic guitar, and sing low harmony.
0: What's a dobro?
2: A dobro is like a resonator guitar. It's like a uh, acoustic steel guitar, something like that. Right. You play it with a slide. It sounds kind of Hawaiian at times. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you're just about to release a single over here, isn't that right, well, Thomas? Tell us a bit about that.
2: Yeah, it's called "There's Your Treble,"
1: and it actually it was our first number one single in the states, so we're hoping it'll do well over here. And actually, it's kind of a groovy little number. It's light and, and fun to dance to. It's it's not real deep in the lyric <laughs> department. Uh but it's done very well for us. It's kind of our signature song because our lead singer is kind of trouble. <laughs> I guess we all are. Uh but she's a little more trouble than we are. And Emily actually has successfully reintroduced the banjo into country music. It's been kind of uh, I don't <laughs> shunned for a while, <laughs> and that song is heavy on the banjo. Mm. And so we're kind of proud that now you can hear a little banjo on the radio.
0: Emily, as your sister just explained, this single was released in America a few years ago. Does it seem strange to now be releasing stuff in England and perhaps the rest of the world, which has already been released in America and already been a hit over there?
2: Well, it's been about a year since we released it in the states, but it still has a lot of impact over there. I think people still related to us and our image and what really kicked off our career. We had a single before that, but this was our first number one, so um, I don't know. I, we're not sick of it yet. We still like playing it live, and it's still one of our our biggest songs live as well, so we, we look forward to, to uh, bringing it over here. We've actually heard some dance mix versions of the song, which is fun for us because our manager and people at the label were saying that y'all are more pop-oriented, and y'all like to... Um, have the beat, I guess <laughs> and uh, So we got to listen to those versions Which were totally different But st- but still fun
0: But you still say y'all So we know your country
2: <laughs> it, Not on purpose It's just in in our blood, I guess mm. Y'all, if you're from Texas You have to mm. say y'all And on occasion we say all y'all It's plural for,
1: plural. Y'all. for y'all. <laughs> all y'all
0: Now this single is part of your campaign To, well, to conquer Britain, I suppose Is that something that's very important to you?
1: Oh, yeah We've always uh, wanted a worldwide career. We haven't just limited ourselves to the States. Um, we actually were more successful in Canada before we were successful in the States. So we just think that was maybe a, a foreshadowing that other territories will like what we do. and. Some of our music has very Irish influence, especially the next single that we're going to release in the States, and and I think y'all are much more familiar with Irish music than we should be, so maybe it'll have a a flair, an international flair to it, our music does, uh, because a lot of the roots to our music have come from over here.
0: Had you been to Britain before, perhaps when you were children together?
2: No, actually, this is our first time to even be here for pleasure or for work or anything. We've been over to Europe um, two times before this, but we never made it to the UK. So this is this is really neat for us. And our, our manager is English, so we've heard stories. And, of course, we had our preconceived notions of what people were like over here. But it's been great. Everyone's very nice. And um, it's kind of grounds to reprove ourselves, so...
0: Tell us about those preconceived notions you're talking about. <laughs> yeah.
2: Everyone's very proper, but we can, uh, we've met a lot of people who can uh, get down and improper with us <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty, I don't know, it's very similar to what I thought it would be like.
0: Americans seem to be very enchanted with our royalty. How do the Dixie Chicks feel about British royalty?
2: I think that's one of the uh,
1: landmarks I wanted to go see where the queen lives and and where all the marriages take place and uh yeah cuz you you just read about kings and queens in storybooks in America and so you just picture a big throne <laughs>
2: and the queen sitting there all day and and it's, yeah it's intriguing mm. yeah, i mean diana is definitely as much in the tabloids there as she is here and i um, I think we were grieving just, probably not as much as y'all, but right along with you and, uh, gosh, it's, it's amazing that, that there is so much recognition for y'all's, I, I guess the, the royalty, it's, it's pretty neat to watch because it's so, it has such history whereas Americans don't have that long of a history, so I think we latch on to y'all. <laughs>
0: Uh, Diana was said to be a victim of fame, basically, and you are very much, you're already very big and famous in America, and you're about to make it over here. Does it scare you how famous you might become?
2: Um, I I don't know. I think country music and and other forms of music, whether it be rock music or or maybe movie stardom or whatever, I think they're a little bit different because country has always been so accessible to fans, and maybe that'd be a, a flag for danger, but I think it's more... We're among the people, I think, a little bit more than usual. We're a little bit more approachable. We go out and we we sign autographs at times, and we really make ourselves accessible. So I don't think there's that that wall of that that you put between you and and the fans. You know, hopefully there's mystique, but it's not where people go crazy. They know they can see you at fanfare in the next year. You know,
0: I mm. mean well, that's all very well now, but I mean the way you're going it's going to be impossible for you to walk out in the street, isn't it? I
1: don't, I don't know. I mean there are ways to get around that and also how bad could that be for somebody to want your autograph we've we've dreamed as little girls that we'd be famous enough and that's part of that's part of your job i mean that's really what it's come down to for us this year is you hear about famous people that get bothered by that and and i think on the whole uh, people are very respectful of famous people you 'll hear a lot of whispering oh there 's you know John travolta or so and so but but not that many people will approach a huge star like that. I don't know. I'm just glad we have each other, too. Uh, We're more recognizable when we have each other in the States, when we're together. Um, But it's fun, just the fact that it's better than somebody saying, now who are they? (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. We're careful. I mean, we have security at shows, and we make sure that our phone numbers are unlisted, and just general security, things like that. So I think as time goes on, though, you do have to be more careful, and you just have to, you know, watch yourself and make sure you're, you're not alone in a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> but, but what, for any what woman, woman would mm. would uh, not need to be careful?
0: So. Now, as you explained earlier, Emily, you have a British manager. Mm-hmm. How did that come about?
2: He was actually, um, he was already an established manager in Nashville, but uh, previously he'd been working with ZZ Top and, um, Clint, Black. and Clint Black down in Houston, Texas. So... We knew his track record, and he's one of the staples in Nashville. It wasn't something we sought out. Our, actually, our booking agent told us about him, and we met him, and we knew we liked him from day one. So,
0: Has it made a difference, having a British manager? Does it add an extra dimension to your country music?
1: Uh, not to our music, because he's not musically inclined, <laughs> which we thank God every day he doesn't stick his, his little paws into our, into our music. Uh, but no, I feel like he's got a real sense of how to do things worldwide. Since he does come from another country and y'all set a lot of trends over here for, for what's to come in other territories. So, um, I feel like he's very schooled in a lot of areas business wise and, and knowing that he knew enough to know that we need to get out here now and not later. And of course we've been chomping <laughs> at the bit for quite some time, but you know, our label in America wants to work us, work us, work us over there. And sometimes they get so into their little world, they forget. You know, how many opportunities there are for us all over the world but he seems to know that there are
0: i think a lot of people over here when they see another all-girl band they think oh no not another one we've got so many already but in fact you've been going for 10 years haven't you emily
2: yeah ten, uh, last march was our 10-year anniversary and i don't really think of us as this manufactured girl group thing you know that that you see a lot of times i think the fact that we've been we play instruments is completely different than you know 99 of the rest of the groups and I think there's interest in that, you know, for young girls to see us play instruments is is kind of neat. Are the parents of the girls and and young boys for that as well, uh, for that matter, like to see us? We don't really like to be role models, but just encouraging kids to pick up instruments. And so once people see the show, they understand what we're all about, and it's not it's not some fabricated pop thing that they're hoping we'll race up the charts and make a lot of money. We're in this for the long haul, and I think you'll see us around in you know hopefully 10, 15 years unlike maybe some of the others just because it is so grounded
0: because marty you struggled for quite a long time as a group didn't you and and you had some pretty horrendous uh, gigs didn't you tell us a bit about the worst times gosh
1: well we started out traveling in a dodge van with Hide seats in the heat of texas (laughs) i mean it gets over 100 down there and we would travel to these little towns and play their armadillo races and their shindigs and hoedowns and barn dances and anything that we could get hired for. And, man, I mean, we were treated so poorly sometimes. Either the people, we, they would they would have us playing during dinner hour. So everybody's clanking forks and spoons and glasses and laughing and talking and not one person would be looking at us. And so we'd, we'd learn how to play for ourselves. And we'd even, you know, maybe say something... Uh, I'll call her uh, over the microphone just to see if anybody was listening and no, nobody's listening so, you know,
2: do our own
0: Presumably those tough times make you really appreciate what you have now the tremendous success you've achieved
2: I I really do feel that the fact that we have gone through all the bumps in the (coughs) road definitely makes us more appreciative you know, when we're up there winning a Grammy Maybe we cry a little harder (laughs) just knowing what you've gone through to get there, and you're so thankful, and you you appreciate everyone who's helped you get there. We've, We've pretty much been in every job description there is in the music business. We were our own road manager. Marty was the road manager. I was the tax girl. Natalie did the accounting, and we pretty much had to step into all those roles, and we couldn't afford to have employees do that. So our people that work for us now know that we've been there, done that, and we appreciate their job. So... Along the way, I think it makes for uh, good camaraderie with your band and your your crew, things like that.
0: Even during the tough times, Marty, did you always believe you would break through in the end and you would be the phenomenon that you've become?
1: I don't think I did. I I think, in a way, I thought small, smaller time than maybe Natalie did. Um, Maybe because we were doing what we were doing at the same level for so long. In Dallas, I think we we reached a plateau where we were kind of Dallas's sweethearts and we got some great gigs and a lot of local bands wished they could have had the success, amount of success we had then. But to me, I hoped that it would get better because there weren't a lot of perks back then at all. And I was getting a little older. I'm going to be 30 this year. And I think in my mind, I was thinking, man, I need some perks because motherhood and being a wife and being home sure is sounding good. Although I knew deep down that if I gave this up, I, I would regret it forever. So I think finding Natalie uh, really, it, it just got my energy going again. It got my hope up hopes up that you know maybe (laughs) my wildest dreams could come true she's just very confident i hope she comes in in a minute because she's just always been a positive force to this group uh, Emily and I are much more, I think, detail-oriented, and we get caught up on on maybe the specifics when Natalie seems to always have the big picture in mind, and maybe that's because she's five years younger than me <laughs> and a little more daring and, and jaded. <laughs> but she went through a lot of the hard times with us as well. When she joined the group, uh, it was amazing how she just jumped in there and mm. knew how to work hard, and and uh, even though she hadn't really been in a band before. Mm.
0: And speak of the devil now emily before natalie came along you had a couple of other people in the band who are no longer in the band mm-hmm. is that um something that you worry about now that maybe because you're so successful that they may try and turn you over now or whatever
2: well we actually um the first departure wasn't very amicable so but we have we are legally covered on all those bases so i'm not worried about that in particular we we do uh, have contact with the girl who left more recently and uh, th- she really wishes us well and she understands and um, she wasn't prepared to keep paying the dues that we were so you know she made that choice and uh, she's behind us 100% now
0: mm. Natalie can I introduce you now <laughs> <Sure>.
2: um,
0: <laughs> uh, Marty's basically been saying that you made the big difference to the band that they were going okay but your arrival made the big difference and made them the big success that they are would you agree with that
3: she was talking good <laughs> behind my back no <laughs> can't believe she's talking good behind my back. Um, (laughs) I think that's all true. No, things definitely took off, but uh, nothing would have happened without all of the um, hard work that they had done before my arrival. You know, they learned a lot about the business and uh, grew as musicians and grew a fan base and learned how to be in a band and all that, so... I think part of it was coincidence and part of it was just that we found the right sound and right. we all got along well.
0: Natalie, what do you think it is that you brought to the band that uh, made all the difference?
3: <laughs> all the difference. Um, I don't know. I'm confident in my voice. I think it's just a strong uh, voice that people really couldn't compare it to anything else. It's um, it's hard to sing without um, trying to sound like somebody else. I think that's always been important to me is to have a voice uh, it's not easily compared to someone else. And people always say, you know, we get things all across the board. After a show, somebody else say, you sound like Dolly Parton, and somebody else will walk up and say, you sound like Alanis Morissette. So, um, I don't know. I, see, I don't think it was what I brought to the band. I think it was just that the right combination was found when I joined the band. Um, they were wanting to go where we went with the sound, so it's not like I came to the band and said here's the list of songs I'd like to do (laughs) please learn these and we'll have rehearsal next week (laughs) so it was it was just um finally we, we laughed that it was almost led by something else there wasn't a lot of preparation there wasn't a lot of discussion of what we wanted to be and what we wanted our sound to be It was just sort of in the stars I think
0: We've heard a little bit about the sisters' background and wh- where they worked before and all that sort of stuff. Tell us a bit about you and where you were before the Dixie Chicks.
3: Uh, I started singing when I was two and uh, just was in the studio a lot and was on stage a lot and uh, I was in college when they called me up to be in the band. Uh, I'd gone to four different colleges and was just kind of going to college because that's what you do after high school. So I always knew that singing is what I would do and um, being on stage is what I had to do, so they just called me up. I moved to Dallas within about a week. Uh, I was out the house. I also had a job at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, waiting tables. It all happened very quickly. We had a gig two weeks after I joined. I had a tape of songs that I had to learn, and just took it from there.
0: Marty, how does the songwriting work?
3: Um, on the
1: first album, Wide Open Spaces, we just had one original that Emily and I wrote about our parents' divorce, and. Hearing that one on the radio, I think it really got us all interested in wanting to write. We had always wanted to be writers but thought of ourselves as very amateur writers. And then when we started having a little success, a lot of songwriters um, started wanting to write with us, which was a great compliment I think, They thought we had written more than we had. But anyway, we we set aside time, chunks of time, where we would go out to the country and rent some cabins and and just write, write, write for three or four days. And and we're so glad we did, because on this album, Fly, the second one we've just recorded, there are five originals, and several of them are my favorite songs on the album. Uh, So I think I really respect the other two as writers, and I hope they respect me as writers. I think when you're as deeply dedicated to music as we three are, there has to be a part of you that can write a song. I mean, I just really believe that, as connected we, as we are to music and as appreciative as we are of good music, um, I think it just it's, it's a lot easier for us to become writers than maybe somebody who doesn't know music at all.
0: Emily, it's often said in this business that the first album is tough enough, but the second album is more important, really, because you've got to follow up your initial success. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's something beyond Nashville, but I know Nashville—they call it the sophomore jinx because a lot of times you have your entire life to make your first album, and you know, a few probably you know nine months to make your second album. But we really one of of the other things that I can say we did was always make time for the music, and we made sure that we had plenty of time to record this album, um, whether it be the setting up the writing appointments to make sure we had written a lot, or um, just studio time. No, don't rush ourselves we know that the creative process takes a long time so um the gathering of songs took about six months and the writing of songs within that time too and i really think we beat ourselves this time you know the <laughs> 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 i can't concentrate the go- conversation um we really feel like this we've grown a lot on this album we play more we do a lot more interesting, intricate harmonies on this. And um, I think we know each other better now, we're more comfortable with our producers. Um, it's just more synergy, I guess, on, on this one. It's just, it's tighter,
3: its um, I think it's better crafted.
0: Natalie, what are your favorite tracks on the new album, the forthcoming album?
3: Um, gosh, there's so many. Uh, and, it's, and what I love about the album is it's one of those you can listen to over and over and your favorite song changes. Um, I love the first single, Ready to Run. Uh, my favorite song is probably the very last track, which is a Patty Griffin song called I'm Gonna Let Him Fly. Because, uh, I am going through a divorce right now and during the process of the album is when I decided that I wanted to fly the coop, so to speak, and be a single chick. And, um the song is, it's sort of how I wish my future ex-husband would, uh, treat me, or let me go, sort of. He's having a hard time doing that, and uh, that song really speaks to me about that. Uh, You know, it's one of those songs where you you have a hard time putting what you're feeling into words, and then here's someone else who's done it for you. And uh, Another great song is another one Marty wrote, um, which is called Cowboy Take Me Away, and it's a wonderful, very visual uh, song about true love, and I love those songs that really create uh, an image for you and then one is one that Emily and I wrote called Sin Wagon which gets to show the other side of the Dixie Chick sort of the evil um, rebellious side it's all about a girl who's been good for far too long and she's going to go out and do all her And in one night so uh, that one's just a lot of fun and uh, Marty and Emily really get to pick some bluegrass uh, music on that
0: Marty which songs go down best with your live audiences
1: Uh right now Sin Wagon <laughs> I think is uh, one that I get, I, when I see it in the set coming up, I think, okay, this one's gonna get them. <laughs> but, uh, There's Your Trouble, the single we're gonna release over here, gets a great response. People singing in wide open spaces. I sure hope, uh, our record label releases that one over here. It seems to be the most touching, a song to the fans especially young girls and parents of young girls uh, because it just it just speaks of leaving home for the first time going out there following a dream and and we tell the audience that that's kind of what we've done so they know the the personal story behind it
0: emily your success has inevitably brought comparisons to the spice girls is that something that the dixie chicks are comfortable with
2: Well, I think we've outgrown the comparison in the States, but uh, over here it's been introduced once again. (laughs) We don't really like the comparison. Um, But at the same time, we can, it's, it's fun. (laughs) Sorry, that was my (laughs) chair. It's kind of funny just because it's the obvious thing. You know, it's multiple women, you know, we're, we like to dress up and, you know, wear makeup and things like that. But when you, look at our music, we're completely different, and people see that once they see the show. So, you know, we're not particularly offended by it, we just think it's not a very good comparison.
0: <laughs> were you inspired by them in any sense?
2: <laughs> um, I, the only the thing I would see, I don't know their music that well, but their impact on young girls was, was really huge, and I think you have to look at that and think... At some point, people are going to see us as role models, even though we don't really see ourselves as role models. But um, you can say a lot with your music, and uh, I don't know if we're going to do that or not.
0: But Mm -hmm. (laughs) Natalie, what do you think of the sort of Spice Girls girl power image and all that?
3: I just think it's very cliche, and you know, our main goal is longevity, and I think that they're an act who played it very smart and knew that they were. You know, I mean, when I was young, it was new kids on the block, not the backstreet boys or the spice girls. So, um, I think they were very smart in capitalizing while they were the huge thing. But, you know, we turned down all sorts of products and, sponsorships like that because we it's about the music for us we're all serious musicians and we've been in this business for a long time we were not put together by a record label uh you know they play their instruments we're so hands-on we write the songs we pick the songs we help produce the album it's all about the music for us so spice girls are what they are but i think it's lame comparison i guess
0: have you met them or would you like to meet them
3: haven't met them, no, don't really care to. I think, I don't know, they just seem like a younger, they just seem like a younger thing. I was definitely in the kid's shoes who liked the Spice Girls when it was, you know, New Kids on the Block or uh, Rick Springfield, <laughs> but uh no, I can't say they would give me goosebumps. <laughs>
0: Marty, a better comparison would appear to be The Cause. Are, they, are you fans of theirs?
3: You know,
1: I've heard a lot of people speak of them, and, and we've never heard them. I have. You yeah. have, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Oh, they both have. <laughs> and so I've been wanting to go, find time to go out and buy their record just to see what people think, so maybe they're better at answering that. The Cause, do you think it's a good
2: comparison? Um, not, once again, it's the me- back to the music. If you're comparing music, not at all. I mean, the fact that they play instruments particularly, but they also have their brother in the band, right? That's their brother. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard. We don't like to be compared to anybody. But they, do play,
3: they do play music with acoustic instruments, and it's very uh, roots-based music. So I think uh, on a creative level or a credible level, uh, it'd be a close comparison. Um, I d- I'm definitely not offended by that one. Mm. <laughs> I think they're great.
0: Now the uh, Dixie Chicks have got a very raunchy image. Is that something that you initially created <laughs> to? <laughs> did you initially create that to create a, a, attention for yourselves?
3: No, we don't create anything. We're just being who we are. Sometimes we're raunchy. Sometimes we're not. <laughs> we're we're basically very clean-cut girls. Um, no drugs. <laughs> no alcoholism or. Anything like that, but we do, we do have a very good sense of humor, I would say, and we can take a joke, and we like practical jokes, and, uh, we like to just, we like to shock people sometimes.
2: I think the best way to put it is when the guys are sitting around talking guy talk, they know that the Dixie Chicks could probably hang in that conversation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like you have to
3: act on it. A- <laughs> well,
2: act on it or, you don't have to be, like to be polite around us, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. We've been on the road too long to, I don't yeah, know, edit yeah. your conversations around this.
0: There's some pretty racy photographs of the three of you, you know, doing the rounds, aren't there? You've got a hold of those pictures.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which ones what are you referring What would you call to? racy? What would
1: you
0: call well, I don't know, scantily clad, we'd say, over here.
1: Like in that magazine we just looked at? Oh, yeah, up? and, um, Yeah, yeah? Gosh! Well, I mean, all of us. You don't do
0: anything. You don't do, go out to shock then the I three mean, of you. Yeah.
1: No, and as far as our bodies are concerned, we're very conservative. We're not. I mean, Playboy did approach us, and we said, "No way." I mean, we're we're very realistic about our cellulite and our saddlebags and our <laughs> our you know uh, our flaws. We don't, and and we're not trying to be sex symbols by any stretch of the imagination. I just think we don't limit ourselves. I think in that. Photo, where we're kind of hands up against the wall and nobody that I'm talking to can see it. But um, in that instance, the photographer said, how about this? And I I think we're up for almost anything.
3: With my expression, it's more of a humorous thing. They're actually pretending to look sexy, which is actually funny because we don't think we're sexy. And then I'm sort of giving a shocked look. That's all in fun for us. We're not really saying look at us
0: <laughs> so natalie how much did you get offered by playboy and why did you turn it down
3: i don't know how much they offered uh we turned it down just because i'm not showing mine naked but <laughs> if i look like if i had cindy crawford's body i'd be in there in a second i don't think there's anything wrong with it but uh i was actually flattered that they'd even want to see us naked <laughs> the thing is is they asked that before they've seen us naked so they, they probably would have
0: withdrawn their offer <laughs> emily your thoughts on the playboy offer
2: I remember our manager telling us about it. it didn't even the offer didn't even get as far as us. He just said, "Oh, a few months ago, the Playboy offer, and we just laughed about it. Uh, to me, that's so not us. I mean, we really do concentrate on the music and the you know the fashion and the dressing up and being girly girls is just it's just icing on the cake, just having fun and you know turning what could be a job into into a lot of fun. So that kind of stuff, we don't even take it seriously, really.
0: Marty, do you put limitations on how far you go because of where you come from? I mean, Tennessee is a very religious part of America, as far as we know, anyway.
1: Well, we actually were all raised in Texas. Um, but, yeah, Natalie now lives in the Bible Belt. <laughs> and, you know, I just think when we get an opportunity or when we're trying to think of a... Perf- of a career move in any way. We think, will this help our career? Why are we doing this? Will it hurt our career? Uh, you know, what relevance does it have? And something like Playboy, what relevance does naked bodies have to country music? We're try- out here trying to make music, not try to make money, as that being our primary goal. I just, I just don't think we go out You're with the intent. Well, no, we do. You know, like there's one thing. I'm probably the most conservative as far as in our marketing and advertising. You know, how far will we go? We have a button that says chicks kick ass that we sell at our shows, and I was really... I really thought about that when I think probably because I'm the only one with a child, I have a stepson, and I feel very responsible for being, I feel more responsible probably for, you know, wondering whether that's appropriate, thinking of the, you know, the other kids in his class and what their moms would say, which I probably shouldn't even worry about. But, so we decided that a good compromise would be you have to be 12 or older to buy the pen. And, you know, now I see them everywhere, and mothers are buying them for their young kids. So it's, it's all in fun. I think there is a limit to how far we will go.
0: People over here have often considered country music to be quite old-fashioned. Were you concerned that the older guard, the the more veteran country music people, would disapprove of the Dixie Chicks when you started out?
2: I wasn't afraid they would disapprove, but I wanted their their approval on one level you know like buck owens is a big hero of ours and just the fact that he is such an an endorser of what we're doing is really cool and he because he is from the old guard, and he's validating what we're doing now um it's special to me you know these are the people that we've grown up listening to and i want amy lou harris to like us you know i'm not going to let it guide what we do but at the same time it's a it's a neat feather in your cap to have these people stand behind you
0: Natalie, as far as we view it, people like Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre changed the face of country music within the last ten years, and the Dixie Chicks and Shania Twain and various other people seem to be changing it that much further. Is that how you see it and how you want it to be?
3: It wasn't an initial goal. We were just doing what we wanted to do, but... um We've been told that, and we're very flattered, and, you know, people come up to us in Nashville all the time from other labels and publishers and writers and thank us for what we are doing for country music. We have radio people thanking us uh, for the music that we play, so um, it feels great. There definitely was a lull in country radio and the listenership, and uh, and we were definitely pioneers for country music, so... Uh, If we bring more fans over to the format, then uh, we're very happy with that.
0: Are you definitely country music, the Dixie Chicks, or are you going beyond that boundary?
3: Uh, What we we are is an expansion of country music. We never want to call ourselves pop or crossover uh, on purpose. If it happens because the fans want it and because our music can bridge the gap, then great. But... You know, just like in rock music, there's so many different facets of that type of music, anywhere from alternative to, you know, 60s rock to arena rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, We want country to have those different levels. You, you know, there's nothing wrong with, we all still listen to Willie Nelson and and Buck Owens and Merle Haggard, everybody, and yet we'll listen to Shania Twain and um, just any of the other, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, uh, so we want this to expand what country music is and not and not have such a division of the categories.
0: Marty, both Garth and Reba are already going into the movies and things. Is that something you've been approached about as the Dixie Chicks?
1: I think we'd want to take some acting lessons first. <laughs> I think something that that bothers me in people that have succeeded in one art form. And I'm not saying that's Garth or Reba. They've probably, you know, taken some acting lessons and things. But just because you're good at country music doesn't mean you can play rock music. Just like if you're good at... I don't know, painting doesn't mean that you're a musician. I just, I just think if you're going to do it, try to do it well. And, and I have seen some of Reva's acting, and I think she does quite well in the roles that she's played. But, you know, we don't, wanna, we don't want to um, spread ourselves too thin. It takes so much energy and time to make the music we make and put on good performances and do all the press and radio stuff we want to do. There's no time left to do something like that. So maybe when our career takes a, a dip or plateaus, we'll investigate other things. There, there's a really funny cartoon animated show uh, in America. I don't know if you get it. King of the Hill. Yeah. And we were so excited to be asked to do voiceovers on that, and that was a thrill for us because we love the show and we think it's hilarious and it, it's kind of <laughs> part of our upbringing, especially Natalie's in Lubbock.
3: <laughs> and I also think because... Um, music being one of our talent acting is another talent that if any of us ever did fulfill another dream or another talent whether it be learning to cook or whatever I don't I don't think that I don't think that we'd always do everything as the Dixie Chicks that sort of to me that sort of degrades what a good actor is all about for us to just get on something because we're the Dixie Chicks You know, it takes a lot of talent and people really work and learn to craft something like that. So um, it's definitely something that I'm interested in learning about, but I just think it would make it trite if we all went out there and were on a TV show as the Dixie Chicks and we all have to do everything together when... Only one of us may be interested in that or even good at it. You know, Marty was great at um, directing us in King of the Hill. She's good at having that vision and putting it into words. So I almost see her being able to lead something like that. But, um, you know, I don't know. I I think it's interesting how many people go into that.
0: Emily, you seem very driven as a group. I know it sounds a very odd question, but has it got anything to do with the fact that you're all blonde and perhaps weren't taken seriously in your earlier years?
2: (laughs) Well, we weren't always... This blonde. (laughs) Um, I just think it's uh, partly our natural personalities, but also just conviction in what we're doing. You know, when you're really confident about what you do, you tend to push it that much further. And uh, we've worked hard to learn to play our instruments and learn how the business works and, and everything else. I just think part of that is just how you're brought up. Um, whether you're you're taught to be strong females, which all of our parents encouraged us to be, and um, and it's it's a lot of different things, but uh, mainly just confidence in what we're doing.
0: But as a group, you're often saying, in fact, you've often said in this interview that you all play your own instruments and things. Is this something you're very keen to drive home to people that they realise you're a serious band?
2: Yeah, I mean, in interviews and when people don't know who we are, we we really, you know, push the point home. But when, once you see the, the show, it speaks for itself. We don't feel like we have to sit there and talk about it on stage or anything, but, but for people who don't know us as we're here introducing um, Britain to the Dixie Chicks, I think um, it's important to get across that we are musicians. But hopefully, when we come back in October, everyone will be able to see a show.
0: Natalie, as we've explained earlier, the t- these two are sisters. Does that alter the dynamics of the band? Does it make you feel a little bit left out at times?
3: No, definitely not, especially after this much time. We all think like sisters. We can finish each other's sentences and we know usually what each other's gonna think about something. So um, not really. They argue just as much as <laughs> I do with either one of them. So no, not at all.
0: Do you feel very much like you are sisters, the three of you then? Is that how it is?
3: Yeah, and I think, and I think, Everyone on the road with us feels like family. We're the only ones who know what this lifestyle is like and what we do on a daily basis, and uh, each other's true inner feelings and thoughts and sense of humor. And uh, you just start to—I mean, I know them better than any anybody else, any uh, any family member. Or they probably know me better than they know their spouses. <laughs> I'm sure they do, actually.
0: Do you feel that um, you are such a team now that n- nobody could be re- replaced out of you three?
3: Yeah, nobody could. And nobody could nobody could even come between it. They wouldn't even know where to begin. We all are each other's biggest supporters.
2: So for everybody out there, if you say anything bad about the other two, the other two are going to know it within five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Not that we would deliberately say, pass on horrible information. But I don't know. I think sometimes people talk in our ear thinking that,
3: it's going to divide us <laughs> <It> somehow. <laughs> like, they come up and whisper, you're my favorite. <laughs> like behind their backs, I'm going, good.
0: <laughs> we don't care. I was going to ask you, though, I mean, also, you, as you said earlier, you are now divorced. They, the other two are married. Does that make a difference now? <laughs>
3: uh, Between us? I don't know what kind of difference fans. it would make, but uh, I'm sure I was not the best person for Emily to be watching while she was playing her <laughs>
1: Just when I got tired of watching Emmy play Kissy Face, here comes Natalie playing Kissy Face with her new boyfriend. So it's weird because we're all three always constantly at a different point in our in our relationships and our love life. But it, but it, it helps us. I mean, we're kind of there for each other, and and it was kind of sad watching Emily plan her wedding while Natalie was drawing up her divorce decree. <laughs> And it kind of left me kind of somewhere in the middle and and floating and and reevaluating you know my status I'm about to have my four year anniversary so it's very strange you know we all have very different lives and different needs and different uh, wants and but very much one though
3: and they were uh very supportive when i I remember sitting down before we about to record one day, told them I was getting a divorce and uh just total support throughout the entire thing and <laughs> the old, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Loving you.
1: <laughs> Does that mean he's now available?
0: <laughs> it's often been said that you need heartache and trauma to create country music. So are you producing the best music at the moment?
3: <laughs> uh, it definitely helped with songwriting, but. I can't, I'm not a very dramatic person. I don't like drama. I was never one of those people that broke up with boyfriends a lot, and then we'd get back together, you know, throw the ring back in their face. <laughs> I don't I don't actually care for drama. I don't like fighting. Um, I'm up for a good debate any time, but I, I don't like drama, so I hope that I never go through this again. But um, what was your question? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Has it helped you with your...
3: Oh, oh this, the music. I mean, yeah, they say it does help. We usually have to draw from other people to write a good song, like You remind Mine was about their parents' divorce. And I think it is good. One thing that I did say when I was getting a divorce was, I'm just so happy to feel something again. I just became alive, and just to feel any emotion felt awesome. So, uh yeah, it, you know, uh, drama does sometimes feel good just to make you know you're alive. <laughs>
0: If you want to cry, just go straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice, uh, Marty, a difference in the in the fan mail or the reaction from fans, the fact that you two are now married and Natalie's available, as it were?
1: Uh, yeah, on the web, two websites popped up in Natalie's name. <laughs> what was one? Natalie, will you marry me? And Natalie means fanatic. Natalie means fanatic. And in... in a, and then mine was, Marty, will you be my best friend? <laughs>
2: and I didn't even get one. <laughs> mine was, we want to go pick the banjo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: banjo players unite. <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean, there are, and there always have been, I think, maybe more uh, signs in the audience, now, mm-hmm. And because I think they relate to a lead singer, a strong personality much more, and and it's not like we three care. I mean, we're all, <laughs> we're all three very in support of each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and we all have Let's good. Your weakness. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we all, we are fortunate enough to have parents that gave us good self-esteem. I feel like we're really, we really love ourselves too and it enables us to be strong to go out there and handle the rejection. I know one night on stage, this jerk, <laughs> Said, I said something about Emily and I were going to pick a song together. And growing up, you know, it was hard to grow up with a sister like Emily. She was, you know, homecoming queen and class president and straight-A student and could play, you know, could play any instrument she put her mind to and on the A-team in soccer, whatever. And, and this man stood up. Not man. He was this young guy.
3: He didn't stand up. He didn't stand up. <laughs> he just shouted. He, he shouted out, well, she is
1: better looking. <laughs> and I thought, you know, who would say something like that? but the fact that we support each other so much, there's no competition. We're not always you know vying for the spotlight and 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 stuff, so I think that helps make it work and helps keep us grounded all the time and not take you know when we get a bad review or we get something that says you know the fiddle playing was substandard or that you know right. the the cri- the critical press, we can handle it because we're we're one together
0: saw the Beatles film Help, but they had a they all lived in the same house but they had separate front doors. That's probably how people imagine you live. Do you all live in the same house?
1: Yeah, we live on a big ranch <laughs> together. <laughs> Nellie lives in hindquarters. We all live in the same <laughs> bedroom not hind. Three twin beds. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know I think I think early on, I thought maybe that would be a good thing. You know, there have been bands that have all lived in one one house. And that would be a lot easier to borrow clothes and makeup and hairspray because we sure do a lot of that. I know when our tour manager books us into a hotel, he tries to get us on the same floor because we're constantly running back and forth to each other's rooms. But um, no, actually, we live in three different towns three different cities. Natalie lives in Nashville, and Emily is about to be living in San Antonio, Texas, home of the Alamo. (laughs) That's the only thing I can say about San Antonio. (laughs) And I live in
0: Dallas. So how often are you all together as a group, and do you sort of make sure that for a couple of months of the year you're definitely separate and doing your own things?
2: Uh, Yeah, pretty much. We have a few days here, a few days there, but pretty much we really only get the winter time this month I mean this year we're going to take off about six months before we head out on a big tour starting in June of next year but um, we're together so much and when you say our house our bus is our house and that's really where we're living together right now and it's only 45. 40 by 6 <laughs> 40 by 40, feet by 40 by 8 and uh, so it's it's close quarters. But uh, oh, yeah. when we're off, we're really off, and we go do completely different things. So I think the fact that we all live in different cities really doesn't matter because we, we fly in and meet each other and head out on the next tour.
0: Emily, do you feel that having children will ultimately break you all up?
2: No. I mean, we plan for that someday. It's not in the near future, but um, it's been done before. We're not the first to, to have kids and continue a career, and we'll probably bring the babies on the road and just um,
3: figure it out. You know, we've always just across that bridge when we get there. We also consider this more than just like three girls who get together to play music. I mean, uh, you can't divorce your sister and our lives have changed so much that's almost like saying, "Do you think when Emily gets married, it'll all be over? Got kids are just going to be another level and another period in our lives." I feel like even if the band ever does break up, more, more so, it'll. Nev- I don't think it'll ever be on a negative thing. It'll more so be just because we have a pact that we will not beat a dead horse. <laughs> so if it's time for the Dixie Chicks to end, then that will happen. And when you think of how people's lives change and... You know, ten years ago you didn't dream you'd be where you are today. You never know where you're gonna be. So kids and things like that'll never break us up. That'll just be another aspect I feel like we'll all have kids around the same time, you know, and uh our kids'll hate each other <laughs> and fight all the time, but be each other's best friends. And um God, you just never know. There's so much life left you never know what's going to happen. I don't feel like we'll be together forever, but I feel like we'll always know each other and be in each other's lives and uh, definitely be sisters in a way.
0: What do you want to have achieved as a Dixie Chick, as a group?
3: Just sort of making a mark on country music. Um, I look at the people who get the Lifetime Achievement Awards or anyone who gets recognized for um, their whole life and some an impact they had on a certain industry. And I I really want to, I think it's interesting for them, because when you're living it, you don't know, you don't really get that people are appreciating it, sometimes you do, but when you see those recaps of someone's entire life, you just know they're sitting there thinking, wow, I did all that, people remember all that, so uh, I think it'd be great to um, just get that kind of honor, just from having an impact on country music.
0: Lovely, thank you very much. Thank you.